often when we think the thoughts that generate those lower vibration feelings of shame, anger, worry, depression, and so on, when we're feeling those feelings, we tend to get stuck in inaction. And when we're not taking action, we don't have any new result. We're stuck. We don't like it. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life, but it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're gonna get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Becky Fleischer, your host. And here we are at the 20th episode of Unleash Your Soul Song, a nice even number, which makes me feel good about the fact that this is the last one that I'm planning for 2020. It's my project manager in me. I just need those even stopping points. 20 episodes in 2020. Not too bad, especially since I just started this at the end of September. Now, my kids are going on winter break at the end of this week, and so am I. But don't worry, I'll be back in January with great guests and great topics to keep us all moving forward. But before we all begin to unplug and settle into the holiday season, I wanted to remind you that the Silver Linings Project will be staying open until the end of this year, all the way through the end of the month of December. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about with the Silver Linings Project, you can listen to episode number 18, Renew Your Energy and Lift Up Others with Silver Linings, or you can download a free guide on my website, theintuneexperience.com, and you can go through it on your own. But in summary, the whole point of the project is really just to reflect on this year with the intention to find the good things that surfaced the moments of joy and gratitude that you experienced, and then to share those things for a special episode that I'll be airing in January. Now, a huge shout out to everyone who's already participated. And for anyone who hasn't yet, please, just five minutes. That's all I'm asking. It's so fast. It's so easy. And all you have to do is visit theintuneexperience.com, click on podcast, And at the top of the page, you'll see the Silver Linings Project in a place where you can capture your reflections. Click the record button, listen back, and send. It's that easy. I'll put a link in the show notes for even easier access. Now, I can guarantee that the act of reflecting will renew your energy and help prepare you for whatever comes our way in 2021. In fact, that's why I invited today's guest, Jen Riday, to be on the show. Jen and I talk a lot about how we can prime our brains to receive the intuitive thoughts that are going to reveal the next steps forward, the positive steps forward. Now, you might remember her name from a Time for Two episode when I recommended her podcast, Vibrant Happy Women. And if you heard that show, then you know that Jen helps burned out, overwhelmed moms get off the hamster wheel and find balance so that they can love their lives again. As a mom of six with a PhD in human development and family studies and host of the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, she gives women tools that work, tools like the feel it to heal it method, the be her morning ritual and the thought table, which Jen goes through in our conversation. And I have to share with you all how this interview came to be because it speaks to Jen's character and her amazing energy. So Jen recently did a show about gratitude that really resonated with me because I had just launched the Silver Linings Project and her message and what she was sharing on her show was so on point that I just had to get her over here for all of you. So after I heard her show, I went to Instagram and I dropped her a message just out of the blue. I mean, she doesn't know me from anyone. And I just asked her to be on. 
and within a couple of hours, she enthusiastically replied, Sure, let's do it. And just one week later, we recorded the show. She is so gracious and so kind. We had such a great conversation. It was inspiring, honest, and practical, and just the thing we all need to get ready to rock 2021. So let's get to it. Dr. Jen Riday, welcome to Unleash Your Soul Song. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be here, and I'm really intrigued by what you're putting out into the world. What a cool podcast you have going on right now. Oh, well, thank you so much. My listeners will remember your name from one of my podcast roundup episodes. I do these roundup episodes every so often called Time for Two. And it's when I'm recommending other podcasts that people might want to go listen to. My guest that week was a woman named Tammy McCarthy. She's a brilliant entrepreneur. And she recommended your podcast, which is Vibrant Happy Women. Wow, that's flattering. Yeah, so it was one of my time for two picks that week. That's great. Thank you. And I'm so grateful that she recommended it because I wasn't familiar with your show. And I have to admit that ever since then, I have been binge listening to it and I can recommend it even more now. It's really great. And after listening to a recent episode about the new things you've learned about gratitude and setting a new baseline mood and attitude for 2021, I really, I couldn't fangirl from afar anymore. So that's when you got that direct message in your Instagram box asking you to get up close and personal here on the show. So thank you for being so responsive to that. Yeah, I'm excited. And 2020 has not been a joke, has it? <laughs> no, it really hasn't. And, you know, uh, we were just talking about all the, the ways that we're trying to reset and refocus and stay positive to get us all prepared for 2021. You know, that's an uh, important thing to do right now, for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I really appreciate the time that you're taking with us. I know you are so busy and you've got your podcast that I mentioned, but you're also doing so much with the Vibrant Happy Women movement from coaching to conferences to an online community to a certification program. And my head is spinning, but let's put the cherry on top of it all for our listeners, because I also want to drop in there that you're the mom to six kids. What's the age range there for your kids? My kids are 19 down to seven. My youngest is in first grade and she gets to do half-day virtual schooling right now. And my other kids are, four of them are totally virtual schooling. One is out of the house, so. Yeah, I find that's that's one of the trickier things about this year. Even in this fall, I was so excited both of my kids could go back to school. I have two children, and they could both go back to school in person. But ever since then, it's been this dance every week of, are you are we staying in school? Are we back to hybrid? Are we back to school? And kind of finding a rhythm has been impossible. It's like you have to really learn how to flow with things right now. I can imagine with six kids trying to stay on top of all of that is extra challenging. Well, I'm just so grateful that Dr. Fauci finally said kids should be in school, at least for middle school on down. I, I thought, hallelujah, someone <laughs> needs to take charge here and say, go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Let's get them back in school for sure. As long as it's safe and uh, and they mm -hmm. can do that, that's oh, it's so important for them. So important for all of us. But so I yeah. know for many many years you dedicated yourself to being a stay at home mom. So why don't you give us a quick primer on how a stay at home mom of six came to run a successful and thriving business that's focused on. I think as you say on your website, you focus on helping burned out, overwhelmed women get their sparkle back. So tell us about that journey and what that looks like today for you. Yeah, since I was little, I've been very driven. I grew up on a farm and I think my parents, you know, being the typic, typical Iowa farmers were slow to dole out that praise. And I don't know if that's the reason, but I've just been super driven, successful in high school and went on and got my PhD in human development and family studies. But the whole time, I, I don't think I ever felt really great about myself. There was this underlying, underlining drive of that not good enough feeling. So my degree was in human development and family studies, like I said. So I decided, oh, the research, you know, I don't know if I trust anyone else with my kids. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I did that for a little over a decade with that same perfectionist bent, like I baked loaves of bread every week 
who even does that ever, let alone with six kids? Well, you know where the story's heading. I totally burned out. By the end of that decade of stay-at-home parenting, trying to be super woman, you know, I was exhausted, mad, grumpy, probably depressed. I didn't like anyone. <laughs> My kids annoyed me. You know, I was just done. And that all coincided with a really bad miscarriage. And my husband and I were driving to the hospital to deal with that. I needed a, an IV. It was, you know, first term miscarriage, but still uh, not a good day. And we had this huge fight. And you know how the pressures of life can just compound and compound and compound. And you get to this place where you say, enough, I am not living that way anymore. As an aside here, I think that's what 2020 has done for us. Yeah. Um, all really. And we are on the precipice of getting to say enough. I'm not going back to the way I was living pre-COVID. Here's what I'm going to do going forward. And I know we're going to talk about that later. Well, anyway, my enough at that point was I started going to yoga. I stopped cooking dinner. I just told my husband, I'm done. <laughs> you know, we've all been there. And I started feeling better and happier and I read self-help books and you know how that goes. My youngest turned 18 months and I knew I was done having my kids and I was thinking, what's next for me? I want to do something I love. And I became a coach I started my own podcast, Vibrant Happy Women, and um, just took that drive I always had, but finally channeling it for what I want to do rather than just putting myself on the back burner. Hmm. I, there's so many times when you were talking, I wanted to jump in with an amen. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being so honest. It's so refreshing. No, I mean, it's really so refreshing to hear someone reflect honestly about their experience as being a mom. And, and I know for myself, I felt the same uh, need to be a stay-at-home mom. And I can look back now and I think, oh my gosh, that may not have been the smartest move for for who I am and, and what drives me. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It is very hard. And, you know, getting back to yourself after that is difficult. You carry a lot of guilt and a lot of weight, but you're right. You do come to a point where you're like, enough, this is it. I, I this Something has got to change. It's got to be better. And so you hit that point and, you know, you said you just, you became a coach. How did you know that coaching was the thing? Were you always a coach? Did you always think about being a coach? Was that just something that came out of the blue? Where'd that come from? Well, I have to back it up before I get to that answer. I didn't know anything at first. I just knew I was miserable. And my first step was to say, I am going to be happy no matter what. That is it, you know, that enough point. And then I started just following what made me happy. I found that yoga, super amazing. I did more yoga. Um, I read more books, like I said. But following that love of yoga, it was in yoga that I decided on the next step. I feel like it's a, a stepping stone process of following your heart, following what you love, and you're going to get there. That's why we have that kind of that inner GPS of emotions, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that guide us. So I was in a Shavasana pose in yoga class, and I've, I'd been thinking about, huh, what do I want to do now that core is 18 months? You know, I, I'm no longer breastfeeding. I can probably have a life. And I asked that question to myself for years, simply pursuing the things I loved, going to yoga. And finally, after a year of questioning, I had this moment in Shavasana pose, the final pose of a yoga class where you relax on your back on the mat and just kind of asked that question again in that very relaxed place and uh, had this intuitive spiritual moment where I had the thought pop into my head that I should become a coach. And I thought, cool, what's a coach? <laughs> anyway, I kind of knew, but I didn't know any life coaches. I hadn't had one before. And so I found an online program that, that met over the phone so I could do that, even though my daughter was still at home and uh, the rest is history, you know, step-by-step, step, just following each next best step. Yeah. That's really helpful for people to hear. I think several things that you just said are so helpful for people to hear. Number one is that you didn't know. And I think that's where a lot of people think, well, I just have to stay where I am because I don't know what's next. How am I supposed to make some kind of announcement or make some kind of plan? And it's letting go of the need of that plan and just saying, I know one thing, 
I know what do I know to be true right now? And what you knew to be true was I need to be happy. So that's what I'm going to follow. I'm just going to follow that thread. And then through your curiosity, you follow that thread, you find the next thing, like you said, the next stepping stone, the next right thing. So you started your coaching practice, you had that moment of quiet on the yoga mat that helped you really kind of internalize and get deep down and listen to that whisper telling you it's coaching. How did you start to build out your practice? So did you have a big following on Instagram? Did you have a master plan or some groups that you were already in? How did you start to step into that world? Because I'm imagining, like you said, you didn't know any coaches. It's not like that was a field that you had been in before. How did you start to make your way into that world? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I assume because I had Googled a coaching program, uh, Marie Forleo, who runs B-School, her advertising pixel found me and I saw her ads and I was like, wow, she helps coaches go to the next level. That's me. So the internet, luckily with targeted marketing found exactly what I needed. But I think even through all of that time, I would say the most crucial element to my success and from what I've heard other entrepreneurs and uh, authors, other types of things is that morning ritual where you get quiet, you, you maybe meditate or pray or journal and you exercise and you essentially prime your body, your mind, your spirit for those intuitive thoughts that tell you what is next. And I know that when I'm moving forward and know the next best step, I have been doing that quality, quality self-care. And when I'm not doing those things, I get really stuck. I can get depressed or anxious like any normal person. And those emotions tend to paralyze me. So for me, I would say the number one thing is absolutely my morning ritual, which for me has several steps, uh, but so important. Mm. I hear that consistently, actually, with a lot of the people that I talk to on this show, is that they do have some kind of ritual that slows them down and gets them centered and kind of focuses their attention so that they can, you know, really receive what's going to come their way and feel into that and not do so much thinking into it, but really do the feeling into it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're when you're moving down that way, one of the feelings that comes up a lot, I think, when you're moving into something new is a feeling of, of fear. You're f afraid of failing. You're afraid of what people are going to think of you. There's so much that swirls in your head. Did you have those moments where you felt like, you know, this is really scary and what am I doing and should I be doing this? And how you moved through that? Oh, yes. Fear is the number one thing that stops everyone. So I have a number of thoughts that are truths to me now. First of all, failure isn't failure. It's just another step in your learning. So those who succeed were willing to fail more often than those who didn't. I, I live by that, that mantra. Another one is all good things are on the other side of fear. The thing that scares me the most is usually the path I will take. There's kind of a, an excited slash scared out of your mind energy that will come up for certain paths when I'm deciding where to go and what to do. For example, starting the Vibrant Happy Women Coach Certification during COVID scared the poop out of me, <laughs> but I knew it was right because it was so, so scary. And, and it has been amazing on the other side. All great things are on the other side of fear. My third big one is that when you're in an influencer space or online space or putting yourself out there kind of space, I love the idea that your message should only really be reaching about 10% of the people. A wise friend once told me that when you're trying to speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Good messaging repels 90% of the people and calls in your 10%, your tribe. And I love that idea because if there are trolls or people don't love it, I'm like, great, awesome. That means my, my message is clear, it's powerful, it's polarizing, that's what I want. I want to call in the right 10% who are meant to, you know, learn from me and who I'm meant to help. So those three are the big ones that help me not get stuck in fear. Oh, that last one's really good. Not being for everyone. That is a really hard one because that's criticism. People 
get hooked on criticism. We also get hooked on praise, you know, and mm-hmm. wanting that praise and needing that praise. It is hard, but you're right. If you do try to speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And I found that with my music. You know, you can't please everyone. Not everybody likes country music or um, rap music or, you know, whatever it is, you're, you have to have a niche, you have to have a, a genre. So I think that you can apply that to a lot of things in your life. I love that you just said all good things are on the other side of fear. Cause I think that that's right. It, fear usually tells us we're on to something and to push, push a little harder through that. You know, think about it. You know, all the listeners think back in your lives to all the amazing things. And I can guarantee you were scared about something before you got there. (laughs) It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, really. Absolutely. And this year, especially, you know, we kind of already touched on 2020 and what a heavy, difficult year this has been. And I think there has been a lot of fear around certainly the unknown that hit us early when this whole thing kind of broke out, the fear of the unknown and not being able to find our bearings and Uh, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to happen to our careers, what's going to happen to our relationships, what's going to happen to the social structures in this country and, you know, the economy and just so much, a lot of fear this year. And so I know that you recently did an episode on gratitude and I recently launched this project for the Silver Linings. So let's talk a little bit about resetting ourselves at the end of this challenging year and kind of what we can do to renew our energy looking at gratitude. I know you found some new information on gratitude that's interesting. So what are some of the things that you're looking to at the end of this year to kind of reset and get yourself ready for 2021? So gratitude is a fascinating thing. It becomes cliche. We think of it as something we do in November. Oh, great. Here are all the social media posts of what people are grateful for. Yeah, blah, 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 yada, yada. But it's fun to see that in the research, therapists who assign, you know, these are scientific studies where they're assigning people randomly to groups. Those who are focused on gratitude practices like gratitude journaling or reciting three gratitudes a day, they are significantly happier, not just in the short term during the study, but the effects last months down the road. And I think that's because our brains have what's called a reticular activating system, the RAS. And what that is, is your brain is thinking like 60,000 plus thoughts a day, but presenting maybe only 10% of those to your conscious mind. It's presenting to you what you've kind of told it is important. So if you want your brain to see the good things, you can prime it and tell it, hey, this is what we're looking for through a a gratitude practice, waking up every morning and thinking of three things you love and your brain will catch on. It's so smart, smarter than we realize. And it will catch on and say, Oh, okay. Okay. She's looking for good things. Let's present more of those to her mind. And if you practice your gratitude and generate a feeling while you do it, like generate that gratitude, really go juicy and deep. It makes it all the more powerful of a message for your brain and works even faster and more powerfully. So that's why gratitude is super important. And for me, I've kind of uh, let my gratitude practice lapse. And when I did that episode, I went and checked out the new research and realized, gosh, I haven't been doing that. So I just try to recite three gratitudes in the morning or I'll write them in my journal and not just write them to write them, but to try to generate, oh, I love that pine tree. It is so cool. The one I'm staring at at my window or... It's so awesome when my daughter gives me a back rub. Try to really generate that that gratitude feeling and what a difference all day. And I think it lasts, it builds. Yeah, that's powerful information, what you said about, you know, priming your brain and, and really creating it and setting it in a way that so what's being presented to you is what you told your brain is important. I think that's a really fascinating way to look at that. I've heard that before. And I think that that's, it's true. It's true. It's there's a little bit of um, I think the phrase was confirmation bias that was out there for so long about what we do with the news we consume. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also true just how we approach life. There is a confirmation bias in life. If you truly believe that most people are good and doing their best and have the best intentions, you tend to see that and have more positive relationships with people around you. So I think that that's a very 
clearly studied and, and proven thing that that is actually true. So I know that recently you also posted about creating a vision for 2021 and kind of saying goodbye to New Year's resolutions. You know, let's let's kind of let those things go. And let's talk more about creating a vision for the future. Can you talk a little bit more about what you were going into there? Yeah. So in the Vibrant Happy Women Club, which is a, a monthly membership I have for women who want to take their happiness to the next level, we have been talking about our goals and our vision in December. And looking back is kind of the first step. Most of us look back at 2020 and just put up a wall and and think, oh, this was a nightmare. And we don't even want to go there. But I want to challenge everyone listening to try it for a moment. Like, what were some of the interesting, great, whatever types of things happening in quarter one, you know, January, February, March? Maybe that's when we were all starting to get anxious. And then April, May, June, what what were we experiencing there? You can look back and realize, oh, hey, I, I did this. We went on hikes a lot more as a family. We watched all these movies. We, whatever, whatever you did, there's there's good things there. And looking back, you can see, okay, that wasn't all bad. Gosh, I'm really strong. And I I learned how to manage emotions. And I'm so much more emotionally resilient and we've slowed down. We're spending so much more family time. That's really amazing. And then it's kind of like the junk, the struggle of 2020 cleaned out a lot of the clutter in our lives. And we're at the precipice of this place where, hey, we have a vaccine coming. We know this is going to end eventually. And we can decide how we're going to show up post-COVID. We went through something amazing and and hard, but amazing. Just like maybe our grandparents went through the Great Depression, it made them strong. And look what happened after the Great Depression. You know, we boomed into, I mean, World War II and all, but eventually we got to the 50s where everything was amazing. The golden era, they call it. And I think because people had collectively struggled through something and then they rose afterwards. So here we are, 2021 is is around the corner. And a vision is deciding who are you going to be? Let's start with what do you want? Who do you need to be to get there? What do you want to feel? And essentially, what are the thoughts you need to think now going into it to make that all happen? Because we don't just take action in a vacuum. We've programmed our brain with thoughts like, oh, my life is horrible. If that's what we're going into 2021 with, it's going to happen you know, our brain will make sure because we keep thinking it. What do we need to be thinking now? And and what feelings do we need to be generating now to show our brain we're ready for different actions? And it will present ideas to us like mine did to me on my yoga mat. And we can take it to the next level. 2021, I feel like we're set for something freaking fantastic. Yes, you and me both. I completely agree with you there. I think I echo the sentiments of everything that you just said about 2020, especially the part about how daggone resilient we should all know that we are now. Yeah. What we've been through collectively. And I think it was an important moment to go through something collectively. I I think, sadly, we needed it as a society to say, look, you are interdependent. If you don't start to get that, you're never going to be able to pull this thing together. So I I think it was a lesson we needed. I think it was a hard lesson. I'm sorry we have to learn it this way. And certainly the cost has been extreme on so many levels. But I do think I agree we're right on the prime. We're right on the edge of saying, and now what can we do with this? It can be easier or harder to get yourself in that headspace, depending on exactly how this year affected you so very personally. But what I loved hearing you just say is, the thing you can do right now is to start to prime your brain for receiving better thoughts, for seeing better things and doing that. Because a lot of times I get stuck with with wondering, you know, how do you help people who don't have a clear vision, you know, of what they want to happen in 2021? All they can say is, I just want this to stop. I just want to feel better. So, you know, what would you say to people who are in that spot where they just can't see, they just have no clear vision for what 2021, they just feel at such a loss? Where would someone like that, what would your recommendation be for someone like that? How do they start? 
Yes. You know, interestingly enough, I'm right there with a lot of you. A lot of you listening might think, oh, she didn't struggle. I just want to outline them not for sympathy, but it was a rough year for us, not necessarily even for COVID reasons. Um, in September, my 15-year-old fell out of a tree and had to have surgery and had these pins sticking out of his arm, which I had to clean every day for six weeks, actually eight. Mm. So uh, a week later, my 19-year-old had a terrible car wreck. A person called and said, is this Jen? Uh, don't be alarmed, but your son has been in an accident. It's very bad. I mean, like who even gets that call, you know? Oh. And so he was fine, thank goodness. But it did send him spiraling into really bad depression with terrible suicidal ideation that went on for two months. Um, somewhere in there, my 17-year-old had to go have surgery. It was intense. And on top of that, there's all the virtual schooling I've been doing. Uh, I get tired of my husband because we see so much of each other. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I feel, I'll, I'll be honest, right now at the time of this recording, I've been in a low place. But here's how I keep digging out. I'm not going to go further down, but it's that morning ritual. Again, if you don't know what, where to go, just wake up and do some deep breathing, do a bit of stretching, get out that journal and write. And I think on the pages of that journal, you'll begin to collect your thoughts and, you know, it's the upward spiral, just these little baby steps you do in the morning and maybe set your alarm just half an hour earlier. I, I guarantee you that clarity and that self-care is worth the lost 30 minutes of sleep. And who's to say you can't go to bed a little earlier? I think a lot of people are lost scrolling on social media as they're in this kind of depressed space. And I've been there too. I recently became addicted to chess because of the queen's gambit. <laughs> I finally had to say, uh, no more, uh, got to get to bed, got to do my morning routine. You know, it's up and down. No one's perfect, but just come back to that. And you'll be surprised as soon as you create that space by feeling better, just a bit better your brain will know where to take you. It's totally got you. Your brain's got you. Yeah. Oh, well, well, first off, Queen's Gambit. Yes, that was amazing. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> I feel so embarrassed saying I have a chess addiction. Like, seriously, I, I beg my 17 year old, like, will you please play? He's saying, mom, I got to go to bed. It's bad. <laughs> It's so funny. You know, my kids got the chessboard back out after we watched that. They haven't played in, in many years, but my kids, literally the night we finished the show, they got the chessboard back out and started playing. So anyone who hasn't seen The Queen's Gambit, here's a little plug that that is a way to help uh, maybe lighten your mood from 2020. Yes. There have been some pretty good shows that have come out of 2020. So there's there's a way to start. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you being open and honest and vulnerable and sharing the experiences that you've been through, even in just these past few months. That's a lot. That is a lot to go through health scares or traumas with your children is a very hard thing to move yourself through. I have, I've been there and it's, it's hard to kind of stay above water when that's happening to your kids, especially. So I appreciate that you're open and honest about what you've been dealing with. Because mm -hmm. when I send people to your podcast, when I sent them to your podcast, and when I listen to your podcast, you know, the name of the podcast is, you know, Vibrant Happy Women. And you are a vibrant, happy woman on that podcast. You don't, you know, you don't sugarcoat it. And I, I recall an episode, you were talking about your son's accident and his experience, which was brave of him to allow you to share, which I know you said he did. It's so important to be honest about these things, but I love the fact that as honest as you are and saying there there are these down pits, you're still a vibrant, happy woman because you have found this practice of resetting your brain and setting the intention on happiness. And that's when you first started your story, you said that was the first step you took coming out of your stay-at-home mom, we'll call them the stay-at-home mom blues. All you knew is that you wanted to be happy. And I think that that's such an important touchstone for people, even if that's it, that sounds so simple, mm -hmm. but to have that to come back to as your, your touchstone to say, okay, how am I going to find happiness today? Is it going to be in taking a walk? Is it going to be in looking at that pine tree out of my window? 
very, very powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. I know you had talked about the power of visualization. You read a Harvard study. I wonder if you would just share that with the group really quick, because I thought this was really good and actually very interesting about the power of just seeing it in your mind. There was a study at Harvard where they divided two groups of students into a study. One group of the students was told to practice a certain uh, piece on the piano two hours a day. The other group is a very simple thing. The other group was told to just mentally practice. They weren't allowed to have a real piano, just to imagine themselves doing it. And then they used some really powerful brain scanning technology to look at neural growth. And the funny part is both groups had equal amounts of neural growth, you know, their brains growing and, and remembering that skill, even though one only one group was actually practicing. So it shows that imagining something, creating this vision, you know, feeling into it, making it real in our minds really does create the same growth as this, as if it had already happened. So then your brain, it doesn't really know the difference between imagining and practicing. It just sees growth. It's like, cool. So if we can imagine the life we want or the feelings we want to have or the actions we want to take and practice really having it be real in our minds, it's going to be so much easier for our brains to support us to really make it a reality because it won't know the difference anyway. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's great and really encouraging that that there have been studies on that and they've seen it, that it comes out. So definitely take the time. It's been proven. So let's pivot a little bit here. So we're talking a lot about, you know, mindset, which is so important. But then, you know, when you feel this kind of tug from your soul, when you're you're kind of saying, yes, OK, I get it. I'm feeling like there's something more. I'm setting my intention on exploring that or being happy or, you know, whatever it is you have to stop. You have to accept that invitation and doing that is hard. That's a good first step. But, and I understand for a lot of people that's hard, but once you kind of accept, all right, I'm going to go down this road. I'm going to really try to explore what's calling me. I'm going to move past my fears. There's always this element of change and change is so hard. It's hard for anyone, but especially for people who already feel overwhelmed or who can't see kind of that whole path. So as as you've been a coach and you've been in this vibrant, happy women community, I'm sure that the issue of change comes up quite a bit. And I'm curious, you know, what you've seen around that and what you have found that's been helpful for, for people when they want to dig into the more of their life, but they just can't face the idea of what that change might require. How do you help people move through that? So change is tricky because we've all learned to view ourselves a certain way. You know, we grew up in a family that had a certain emotional baseline, for example. In my family, it seems like all the women are depressed. So in my head somewhere is this idea that I'm depressed too because I come from this family. And not just the identity part, but that's the emotional baseline I had. So in terms of up-leveling happiness, we have to kind of, get used to more and more happiness. And what will happen as we up-level, we tend to sabotage ourselves. We'll pull ourselves back down to that baseline because that's the happiness level we've known all our lives. Who are we to be happier than the next person? And, and who are we to be happier than our, our parents? Like, how dare we? You know, we'll pull ourselves back down to the norm. It's uh, a protective mechanism, I think, that's been around since tribal times when there was in-group and out-group. And being in the group, you kind of had to be like the group. But um, I want to challenge everyone to know you do have the right to rise higher, to up-level your happiness. I think happiness is our birthright. And as you do it, the cool thing is your kids are watching. Their baseline level of happiness will be higher because you did it. Even your family of origin, your parents, siblings, they'll watch. And as you do more of the things that make you happy, it gives them permission to do, to do it. All boats float higher, you know, when, when, when we do it this way. And so watch for that self-sabotage. And the way through it is to recognize it, keep doing that, that vision work and keep the journaling going. And then another tool I teach is called the thought table. So I'm talking a lot about thoughts here because really our brain bases everything on what's wired in there from childhood on upward. 
But the beautiful thing is, and the research supports that we can rewire whatever's there. We can let it go. And so a thought table is this idea that there are facts in this world, like the fact is I'm staring at a pine tree, (laughs) which is where I'm podcasting right now. Um, We have thoughts about those facts. I could be here thinking, oh, that pine tree has a dead section. I need to cut that off. Every feeling generate, every thought generates a feeling that thought of, I need to cut that branch off could make me feel depressed because it's another thing to do. Often when we think the thoughts that generate those lower vibration feelings of shame, anger, worry, depression, and so on, when we're feeling those feelings, we tend to get stuck in inaction. And when we're not taking action, we don't have any new result. We're stuck. We don't like it. So the way out, according to this thought table model, is the fact is still there. The fact is we're living during COVID, for example. We could think this is horrible. This ruined my life. How unfair. My kids didn't get to go to high school, whatever. And what does that give us? Depression. And we get stuck. We take no action. What is that? Then if we want a new result, we think, okay, what thought do I need to think to generate excitement? Excitement generally drives us to take action, which will give us a new result. (laughs) It's as simple as that. What thought do I need to think to feel motivated, to feel determined, to feel committed? And one of my thoughts is I'm going to be happy no matter what. That one is certain. I have another one. I'm successful at almost everything I do. And it's true to me. I've thought it so many times. The minute I go to those thoughts, I feel badass, determined, you know, and of course, from that energy, I will take any action and I will get the result. It's as simple as going back to those thoughts. So those are two great ways to start that big change. Oh, that's good. I love that thought table. That's really very good. And it ties so beautifully into everything we were saying about your intentions and creating the right mindset. And it is all really connected. So that's a good way to move through change. So I want to talk a little bit about your Vibrant Happy Women community because I have found in talking to so many people on this show who have gone through big changes in their lives, who have kind of made a life pivot or have taken on something new that seems out of the box or unconventional or they didn't see the whole road in front of them. Everybody seems to consistently talk about the need for support, the need to have either a community around them or just that one person who's cheering them on, who's their biggest believer, who helps them push down their insecurities when those kind of start to rise up, which is totally natural. And so I can see so many reasons why people need communities for moving through those changes and taking on bigger, bigger things in their life. And I'm curious what's happening over in the Vibrant Happy Women community and, you know, what that's all about. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the Vibrant Happy Women Club is... Most of my podcast listeners, you know, listen to the podcast, but there are these uh, select women who want to go to the next level and they want to take action with support, with guidance. They want to actually make it a part of their lives. They don't want to be satisfied with that baseline happiness they got from their parents when they were growing up. They want to take it to the next level for their own kids and for them, for themselves, of course. So in the club, We have monthly themes, and those are time management, self-love, managing your emotions, decluttering your stuff, health, parenting, marriage, friendship, finances, spirituality, career and contribution, and then back to December, where we are now, uh, vision and goals. And we go through this process of reviewing all these elements of our lives from the foundation of the thought table I just told you about recognizing again and again, what are we programming into our brains around time management, for example? Many of us think, oh, I suck at managing my time. I'm so unfocused. I never get anything done. And I just told you about the thought table. If that's what we're thinking, that's absolutely going to be the reality. So we just go through all of these areas and and up-level our thoughts. And then in terms of community, that's really important. If I wasn't surrounded by people who are on the same journey of wanting to grow, 
who care about personal development and want to be better, I would probably sink to the level of those around me. It's, it's human nature. We tend to be like the five people we interact with most. And I want to pull up. I want to allow myself to get higher so my family can rise higher. You know, as I float higher, all, all the boats float higher. I have to surround myself with others rising higher. And that's why in the influencer circles, it's really a fascinating thing. All these people are really quite committed to their morning ritual, for example, their morning routine. And when you were surrounded by others who are doing it, it's easy to do it. I mean, how, who, why would you not do it? Everyone's doing it, you know? And then you go back into your regular life where maybe you didn't learn that kind of thing and you're shining a little brighter and you're giving people an example of what's possible. And that's a great gift. It's not a selfish thing. It's a gift because then they'll rise a little higher too. Mm, absolutely. So that group, it sounds so empowering and so wonderful. Is it something that do you meet every week? Do you meet every month? How does it technically work? Yes. So when people join the club, we have a little mini course called the fundamentals where they learn the baseline, the basics of thought tables, a tool I call feel it to heal it, how to kind of process emotion. Um, my be her morning ritual, um, a meditation method called bold, some really cool stuff. And then once they've got that all down, they're ready to go. And then all year long in the club, we have a, a weekly theme, weekly tool that I give them. They can either, you know, try it out. If they love it, they tuck it in their emotional toolkit, so to speak. So in January, we'll be talking about time management, for example. I'll be sharing my uh, week at a glance calendar, my year at a glance calendar talking about commitment, determination, what thoughts help you to be better at time management. And so it's just kind of a cool up level, a process to up level your life year by year. Wonderful. Is it a year long commitment and can people or can people join any time? How does that work if people were interested in getting involved with that? It's a, it goes month by month, but you can join for the year. It's totally your choice. Wonderful. You have got so much going on. I love this. Your podcast is so great. It, you're very consistent with it. So that's lovely. And then you've got your group. You also do a coaching certification for women who are, well, women or men, I think, right? Who are interested in coaching. Yeah, it has just been women, but um, it's Vibra Happy Coach Certification. So uh, yeah, anyone's welcome. It's been great though. It's been really great to watch these women realize they can have a career helping other people and working from home. So I love it. Yeah. That's terrific. And as a fun fact, so, I mean, you're doing so many things. It's This is just so incredible. But I also saw on your website that you have a love of banjos. And I remember in something, I don't remember where, I remember you saying that when you had your dream of being a stay-at-home mom, you felt like you were going to be Maria on The Sound of Music. So I'm curious. <laughs> Both of those things together made me wonder, are you a musician? Do you play music? Yes. In high school, I did saxophone and piano. I sold my really nice saxophone to get the banjo, which I still have. Um, so now it's piano and ban banjo. Awesome. Uh, I am not amazing by any stretch of the imagination. It's not like I'm going to produce an album. It's a, it's a hobby. <laughs> hey, listen, that's how I started. So never say never. You never know. If I need a banjo player, I know who to contact now. So that's, that's <laughs> selfish yeah. motivations here. So anyway, so listen, this has been such a great time together. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can get more information about the Vibrant Happy Women community and your coaching certification and all the things you have going on, where should they go? Yeah, just come find me on jenrideay.com or you can search for Vibrant Happy Women in your podcast app. Wonderful. And I will link to all of that in the show notes. And Jen, I thank you so much for being here today. This is a really crazy time of year in general, and it's just been a crazy year. So I am always very grateful when people take time out to sit with me to do these interviews. What a great conversation. And this is actually the last episode that I'm doing for 2020. So this is, I can't think of a better way to end my calendar year other than being here talking to you today. So thank you so much for being here and for helping us kind of get our, our thoughts in order so that we can level up for 2021 and make it the best year ever. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Becky. It's been fun. 
I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Jen as much as I did. I really loved how honest and practical and funny she was. So like Jen said, part of being prepared for 2021 requires us to look back at 2020. And I invite you to go back and look for those silver linings and share them in the Silver Linings Project that's open until the end of this year. I've got all the information in the link in the show notes. So this is it for me in 2020, everyone. And I have to say that this podcast has been one of the biggest silver linings for me. This year, I had a really busy year booked with my music. And if it hadn't all been canceled, I really don't think I would have had the time or the energy to launch this podcast. Really and truly, this is a huge silver lining for me. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to pop into your life once a week to explore with you, to question with you, and to journey with you to the edge of becoming. Thank you so much for going on this journey, for going to places where only those with the bravest of hearts dare to tread. We're going to keep on keeping on in January. It might be mid-January before I get back. So keep an eye out in the new year. And until then, let's keep touch over on Instagram at Unleash Your Soul Song. I'd love to hear about your plans for 2021 and if you got anything out of this show that's helping you get ready. So happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe. And on New Year's Eve, let's take a moment to think of each other and say thank you to 2020 for the silver linings and even for all of the hard lessons we had to learn this year. Then let's raise a glass to the fresh vision we have for 2021 and let's keep going. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door neighbor, stranger down the street, form a chain, form a chain, grab the clouds, grab the clouds, cause we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and our services, please visit www.four26studios.com. That's www.four26studios.com.